1: Hello, welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. My name is Tom Marvin, Senior Technical Editor here at BikeRadar.com and at MBUK Magazine as well. Joining us in the podcast studio, we have Luke Marshall. He's one of our technical writers in the world of mountain bikes. How's it going, Luke?
2: Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you, Tom.
1: Good stuff. It's been a while since we've had you on the podcast. It has
2: been a little while, yeah. It's good
1: to have you back. And uh, another infrequent contributor, but a valued contributor nonetheless, is Nick Clark. who's one of our tech writers at BikeRider.com. How's it going, Nick? Yeah, really good. Nice introduction. Thank you. Thanks. I, I, I it came up I came up with it as I was going. Yeah, love it. Uh, Nick, what have you been doing recently?
3: Uh, recently, I've been on a press camp in okay. northern Spain. Um, you can't say what it is. Can't say what it is, no, but yeah, really enjoyed it up mm-hmm. in the Pyrenees, bit of hiker bike, really enjoyable. Good. Did fall into some trouble though, so I oh. planned to go out there in my van. And uh, yeah, didn't end up getting there in the van.
1: Do you own a Volkswagen
3: Crafter? No. Oh. It's, it is Volkswagen. It now. is Volkswagen. It is Volkswagen. It's a transporter. And uh, yeah. Not been reliable. They never are. No. There's something about them, especially with the uh, bike radar member of staff.
1: Yeah, well, I have a Volkswagen Caddy, also unreliable. And our videographer Max has a Volkswagen Crafter, also
2: unreliable. Yeah. There you go, buying there's, advice. There's a there's a lesson. Here. <laughs> <laughs> my my little Vauxhall Vento just keeps trucking. All right, smug. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sounds not, all right. Not, not it? cool enough to have a Volkswagen over here. But, <laughs> oh, it's it's not something it's which not I would cool. recommend. Yeah, yeah, me neither. <laughs> no.
1: Uh, oh well. Um, launch. Um, obviously, we're not going to say what it was, but the brand has a reputation for giving rather punchy launches in terms of uh, the effort you have to give in. Did were you cruising or were you bruising?
3: Uh, I was getting bruised, I'd say. Okay. Uh, yeah, those guys go hard. Um, press camp, in brackets, training camp, is how I'd say yeah. I left there well-fed and, yeah, with motivation to probably get faster on the bike. Oh, good,
1: good. The the last trip I did with them was a cross-country bike launch. Uh, and I, like you say, it was very much a training camp. Uh, and I uh, I didn't survive both rides intact. <laughs> no. I, um, <laughs> fell by the wayside uh, and needed
3: recovery. Yeah, you get some fast boys on the XE oh, courses, boys. though. Oh, boy.
1: Well, <laughs> the people they sponsor are like genuine, like, like world athletes, and they brought them along, mm. and it was literally like a training camp for them. All good fun, though. All good fun. Better than a press camp where you do very little riding and it's way too mellow.
2: Yeah. Can't romantic. complain. Can't you complain.
3: cannot
1: complain. Luke, what have you been doing recently?
2: Well, not cross-country. No. <laughs> no. I'm actually just wrapping up a downhill bikes test. Quite it's going to come opposite. out in the magazine. Um, probably not quite when this is look, uh No, we'll be, aired, we'll be uh,
1: live. We're, we're running last minute here, so uh, <laughs> the magazine is a few weeks off.
2: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just wrapped up a downhill bikes test, and it's been really fun to ride some downhill bikes again. Mm. It doesn't happen every year. So, uh, yeah, that's been a great treat. Did
1: you test them anywhere interesting?
2: Went out to uh, Morzine for two weeks. Hey. Yeah. So, thought you know, we'd load up the van, truck out there, it didn't break down. Foot. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a <Ooh>. Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing smug. <shit>. Over <laughs> it, yeah. And uh, yeah, spent two weeks in the, uh, in Morsey and Leger and around Ports the Soleil just uh, hammering them and, uh, and putting them back to back.
1: Dreamy. And then um, you came back to the UK. And then very quickly you disappeared off somewhere else.
2: Came back to UK and then disappeared off to Whistler for the Boxer launch. Right. Yeah, so launch the new Boxer. So I got to spend more time riding downhill bikes over in Whistler. It's been a terrible six weeks. It, it sounds
1: yeah. really rough. Yeah.
2: <laughs> great. Absolute disaster. So no, really, uh, really good summer. Pretty hectic, full on. Um, but yeah, great.
1: Nice. Nice. Happy days.
2: Good. How about you, Tom? Sorry. <laughs> no, were you, were you? I was just smugging, thinking about my van over here. <laughs> I forgot to ask how Tom's doing. What have you Nixon been up to, Tom? crying about his van,
1: and uh, I'm just like, waiting for someone to ask me how I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, all, all good at this And Thank you. Um, I've been, uh, well, what have I been doing? Just testing bikes, really. I haven't been anywhere super fun. Uh, we have talked about the launches I've recently done uh, on the podcast, Pivot e-bike, or uh, uh, Mondraker e-bike. So yeah, really at the moment I'm just um ticking off my to do list before I go on holiday. Your excitement
2: comes soon, doesn't it? Yeah. It
1: does, yeah, I know. I'm taking two weeks off. Uh I'm going to a festival, a music festival, which will be fun. Uh and then myself and my beautiful girlfriend are going to Crete for ten days. Uh for a lot of sand, sun, sea and sangria. Yeah. Uh and it'll be <laughs>
3: It'll be great. Wonderful. Met- Met- it's Metaxa, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: are you yeah. driving down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> driving through the med. Yeah, no a be lovely. Uh, and then I'm going on a launch slash race uh, in X4, which I'm uh-huh. looking forward to.
2: Are you, the standard, the X you go to, are we your, going to and your
1: race. It'll be, are we going to the X, uh, sponsored by Shimano Steps and Merida, um, which will be great. Uh, and there's a little product launch in the run-up to that. Haven't
2: video. you got a trophy last time there, Tom?
1: Last time I was there, I got the most Enduro journo, um, much to the chagrin <laughs> of Mick, uh, who actually beat me soundly. Um, but I think they just wanted to give, make sure I came away with something because Mick won another trophy. Um, the year previous to that I did actually win my class. Yeah, um, I don't talk about it too much, but I came first. I won uh, pretty much every stage uh, and every day of the three-day race, and I won the overall as well. Um, oh yeah, there you go. Category of four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was the class? Hartel. Ah, there you go. Absolutely, I destroyed it, Marinel Roy. It's yeah. the world's fastest bike. Never mentioned it before.
2: <laughs> no, no, that one, I don't think I've heard you ever <laughs> say <laughs> about that one. I love it.
1: All right. Well, in today's podcast, if you might have seen the title of the podcast, it's nine things that we would spend our own money on. Um, so uh, if your maths uh, is as good as mine, you'll notice that we'll have three items each that we genuinely either have or certainly would, spend our own cash on, despite the fact that you know we're very lucky. We, we work in an industry where we maybe don't always have to spend our own cash on nice bits of kit because we have to write reviews about it. But we do actually dip our hands in our pockets and buy some good stuff. And because we get to test so much stuff, we kind of only buy the stuff that is legit really good. So I guess this is sort of um, our halo products, the things that really are some of the best of the best
3: out there. I think that's fair to say, isn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, these are, yeah, honest products yeah. I
3: would go out and buy. All right. I would front it by saying, though, that my pockets are very deep. Yeah. But my arms are very short. <laughs> oh, so you're a bit tight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and as we're speaking, I've actually just added a fifth to my list of three. <laughs> so it mm-hmm. might end up being more than <laughs> more than nine. Um, it was a snappy title, but then I think we all just came up with a few more ideas than we planned to. So there we go. You're just going to have to struggle through maybe 12 or 13 products that we actually would spend our own money on. Or do spend on money on all right that was enough of an intro wasn't it nick we're going to start with you if you weren't quite so tight what is the first product that you would legit actually spend money on
3: uh one of my favorite things to always buy depending on what the bike is is a magic mary usually a super gravity ultra soft mm. for me where i live that thing digs deep in the loam and also provides quite a lot of grip on the on the rough okay. stuff as well um, I just like it. it's one of those tires that I've always gotten on with and I don't know if you're the same when you got a tire you know Psychologically you feel like you know where you can lean the bike Big a bit time. more yeah. um, So for me that's something I always spend my money on Just probably, for the front or do you mix it front and rear? I usually just put it on the front yeah. Just rim it on the rear the Occasionally <laughs> I go for that Yeah exactly <laughs> Occasionally I'll you know I in the past I've done like the trials tactic of sort of like moving the front tire mm-hmm. to the rear tire um, but I don't think it it doesn't rip that well on the back. It's a bit of a drag. Okay. So I don't know what that's the thing I was I'm using at the moment is a. This is an odd choice. You're not going to like this. Mm-hmm. I don't think a maxis high roller on the rear high roller oh, too. I'm,
2: I'm, I'm with a
3: with a with Magic Mary on the front, we're mixing brands
2: there. I'm a Magic Mary front, I'm a DHR two guy in the back. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. for the last couple of years on my long term bikes, I see that combination.
1: The Mary really is like the unicorn tire. Like it works well in the dirt, in the mud. It works well in like the loam, in the dry. It works well on rocks. It doesn't roll like super fast, but like you're on a you're on a bigger travel bike. Nothing rolls particularly fast. It is a really good tire. Like I've got, I run one on the front of my bike
3: I'd be in, I'd, I would be interested to try the Taki Chan, though. Well,
1: I've heard to. really good things. Mm. Have you tried one? No, not trying no. it. No, I don't think anyone tried one here. Eh?
0: I think
2: so, yeah. Yeah, I have to get one in, but no, not tried it yet.
1: Yeah, heard great things about those. Um, So very quickly, though, talk us through, uh, you said it was the, did you say the soft or the ultra soft? Ultra soft. Ultra soft. So that's like the real sticky
3: purple line. Purple, yeah. And
1: then the orange is the soft, isn't it? Yeah. And we probably won't go any harder than the soft on Schwalbe in my experience.
3: No, otherwise you're into skittish
1: territory. Skittish. (laughs) Skittish territory. (laughs) Uh, And which was the casing you said? Uh, super Gravity. Super Gravity. So that is the one below the Downhill case. Yeah. Right? That's just like the, the Super Trail. Yeah. Super Gravity Gravity. We were chatting about this earlier on in the office, actually, weren't we, Luke? About, we were, yeah. Um, the whole like tyre naming thing. It might be a podcast down the line, but tyre naming things can be quite complex and people never really know oh, what, what,
3: what's the equivalent. Uh, and it is, if they, yeah. You would have to check out the Max's Buyer's Guide on Bike Radar, oh. possibly.
1: What about the Schwalbe Buyer's Guide? Oh, it's yet to be written. Yet to be written. <laughs> you need to check it out because you need to write it. Nick. Possibly. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, I think all, we're all in agreement there. The uh, Magic Mary is one of the best front mountain bike tyres out there.
2: Yep, agreed. Definitely is, yeah. Don't yeah.
1: disagree with that. Uh, one last question. What width?
3: Uh, 2.4, I reckon. 2.4. I, think, I so.
1: think so.
2: Can't go wrong with that. No, probably not. I don't but think so. so. All right. All right. Luke? Uh, my first one is the 1UP Components Carbon Handlebar. Mm. So the one with the ovalized, uh profile. Okay. said to give you a bit of comfort and compliance yeah and i agree with them yeah it's been the handlebar i've kind of transferred over to my last yeah probably three long-term test bikes okay for uh for the mag and for radar um i should probably do with replacing it at some point i'm not sure yeah yeah. (laughs) but it just keeps coming with me from bike to bike to bike and uh the shape of it is good it's uh I'm I'm quite a fan of a straight handlebar, mm-hmm. so like Renthal do with a seven degree back sweep, and that's probably like my favorite shape. And this is eight degree, but it's I can get away with it. Yeah. Um, shape is good, comfort is good. I does I do think it uh, it adds something to the front of my bike, and you'll notice a few of these on here are all about bike comfort. You're for all me. about the comfort. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm a man of comforts. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, is it the 35 mil version that you've got then?
2: I do have, yeah. The ori- mm. It's basically the original bar. I said, I've had it for years now. I know yeah, they've gee. got a new alloy one
1: coming out. They have a new alloy one. It's in my garage, ready for yeah, testing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I also run the carbon one in 35mm on my long term bike. Yeah. Uh, so I've got the alloy one for a bit back to back to see if they've kept that special source uh, into the metal one over the carbon one. But I'd agree. It's, it's a great handle. It's, you know, I think Rob's used it quite a few times as well. And I think we're sort of vaguely in agreement. It's the only 35mm bar any of us would ever really consider putting on our bikes. Yeah because It's not really harsh,
3: yeah. It's still got like vertical compliance in it. Mm, it's a lovely handlebar,
1: yeah. I mean, I would naturally opt for a 31.8 bar, but if my bike came with a stem that had a 35 mil bar, and I was going to stop it, it would be that one for sure.
2: Yep, so that's uh, that, that bar comes with me everywhere at the minute. Nice, nice, okay.
1: Uh, well, I'll, I'll do my first one. I'm going to stick <laughs> with hardware, and it's another big up to the Canadian brand one up because I would use the EDC or I do, in fact, on all my test bikes, use the EDC ecosystem. Um, So the EDC tool system is where, like, uh, you can either put it in your steerer tube and you get this, like, plastic shuttle that goes down in your steerer tube or it goes inside one of their pumps. uh, And it's basically a really nice little multi-tool that seems to work pretty well, has all the functions that you kind of need, including an 8mm. If you merge two of the different tools together, you get an 8mm. And quite a nice chain splitter and there's a little storage sort of canisters built into it so you can have uh, i've got it running with a, a tubeless jibber jabber sticky tubeless repair worm tire poo thing uh and you can also put your spare chain links in there so if you snap a chain you've always got them with you um, at the moment i'm running one in the steerer tube so you had to do the star crown well no because Ooh. they also have a carrier that slots in and then you sort of attach from the bottom so avoid avoids having to use one of those horrible star-fangled nuts, which are a universal nightmare. I don't understand why in 2023 we still have such a barbaric tool. <laughs> um, it's, it's fine, when, you know, a star nut's fine when it's in there, but like, if you have to like, chop your fork, steerer down, or like change forks, or, or whatever it might be, they're just a pain. Yeah. I just don't get it.
2: You need a big hammer to get them in or out. You've
1: got to use a good hammer. Uh, well, yeah, a big hammer and a really long screwdriver to yeah. get it out the bottom. It's such a pain. Anyway, um, fitting the CDC tool was a pain because I had a staff in there originally. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's great. So I've got that. But also the pump um, that you can slot in. I use the 100cc version, which is the bigger one. Um, and it's just like my, it's my go-to pump, full stop. Like It holds a tool if you need it. If you don't need the tool in there, you can. it's, it's slightly lighter. It pumps up well, um, few strokes, feels really nicely made. All like CNT, aluminium, aluminium or aluminum, depending on where you listen to, uh, and it's great, um, quite spi- quite spendy. I think the pump's sixty four pound and fifty pence, and the tool uh, sixty nine pounds and fifty pence, and the carrier is X amount more. So you're sort of rolling deep.
3: Yeah, you, when you said ecosystem, you mean ecosystem. <laughs> I mean <laughs> ecosystem. What I do yeah. find with that, though, and I've used it in the past, is that the eight mil. I didn't know it was there originally. Uh, It's a sneaky one, isn't it? But it looks like it's going to round something after that. It's an emergency only. Yeah, that's it. You know, like I have the the
1: tool I've got at the moment, I have slightly sort of bent a bit because I was trying to take a pedal off with it. And, you know, as is my style, I stood on the end of the tool to undo quite a tight pedal. And it's it's, it's sort of made the rectangle tool into a parallelogram tool, um, (laughs) which doesn't open and close very easily. But that was my fault. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I love it. And I, I I, have invested in the system, the ecosystem.
2: I've so, got that pump on my bike. It's great. Same pump. I carry the tool. I do have the bits inside the tool, but I just carry the multi-tool in my pocket, though. Yeah. I'm just too lazy to try and get the pump off, pull it out. Yeah, it's, I yeah. It just yeah. lives in the pocket. I right think... Done. But I, the, do you have one pair of shorts? No, it lives in a little pouch in the van. <laughs> right, okay. So when I get back to the van, it just goes in the same bit, and I just
1: oh, take okay. it in and out. You're basically... More organized than me.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Better than me. I use OPs. OPs? What are OPs? Other people's. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
1: Nice. You see, I'm trying to avoid being that guy because I always have been that guy. (laughs) Like, so that's why I have like a tool on my bike.
3: Oh, I've been caught out in the past because of it, but. So far so good,
1: really. I tend these days to ride with if I'm not riding my long term bike, which has the, the one-up stuff on it, I do tend to ride tool food and water free most of the time, which yeah. is a terrible decision occasionally.
3: As long as you've got a credit card, that's all you need, I think. <laughs> Stick it on plastic. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine.
1: All right. We'll move on to selection number two. Go on, Nick.
3: Uh, selection number two, I'll be slightly more vague with this one, I reckon. Okay. But merino wool jerseys. Really? I'm into them. Deep. Okay. I like them. I, I like the fact that you can wear them under anything and they'll be comfortable. I know some people get itchy and, you know, fair play. Mm-hmm. But this skin's thick, you know. I'm used to it now. <laughs> Plenty of wool has touched this body. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really like them. I think... They're just comfy. And the fact that you can wear them on a multi-day sort of expedition is really good. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that expedition. you can... Expedition. Expedition. Basically, on, you f- you f- you've got to wash your kit last night. you got to get back out. Yeah, that was, that's what yeah. we're yeah. <laughs> um, But that happens. Uh, and also the fact that you can just sort of blend in at the pub. No one's looking at you thinking, that guy's out of place here, you know. Okay. You could probably go and do a little boogie on the dance floor and yeah. you'd be getting away with it. Yeah. Um, one I'm using at the moment is the Patagonia three-quarter. Patagucci. Patagucci. Really into that. Fits well mm-hmm. the only thing I do find with merino wool is you get a horrible sort of like outline of sweat like a, a salty yeah, residue yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing that's why kit should be black I don't think that would make it any better I think white would, would fix it wouldn't it white yeah
2: well, you get the white sweat patch yeah, It'll yeah. Go salty well if it was on the back it looked uh, like someone
3: had died but they were just slightly smaller than you in every <laughs> aspect
1: <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah are you a sweaty man ah sorry I for am the personal a, question, I'm a sweaty but...
3: man I'd say so yeah right okay I, I put myself in that Jack Luke category
1: okay I mean, I think we're both sweaty men as well, Luke.
2: Yeah, like I, my arms are horrendous. I'm like my yeah. head doesn't sweat so much, okay. but my arms and body, yeah, yeah. So I, I leak from there. That's do, why, you f- like, do you find merino, or I find with merino that it stretches out. Yeah, and uh, I find like after a while it just gets a bit loose. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean that could like from a day's riding if you've got a pack on or just shuffling around on your bike putting on and off. Like just the, I've got a couple of jerseys. And uh, the arms are just too unfitted, you know. Maybe they're just not quite the right jersey for me, but it's like, oh, it's just a bit too loose and a bit too baggy and it stretches just a bit too much. And I wish it was just a bit more rigid. Mm. What
3: I would say, and you have to be careful about this, this is a disclaimer.
2: I don't mm. even go that far.
3: You've got to fix your Velcro on your gloves. Otherwise, yeah. that that will destroy your merino wool jersey.
1: Yeah, fair. Um, when you're wearing a pack, do you not find that, like, I, I always find that it dries slowly so you know the whole thing about merino is that it's always like, oh yeah, you stay warm when it's cold, and you stay cool when it's hot, and you stay comfortable when you're sweaty. I, I never really found any of those things really stood up.
3: I get, I, you'd have to pick an individual one. If I'm going to defend this, I need an individual. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fight them all. <laughs> um, oh. are you warm when wet? Am I warm when wet? Yes, I'd probably, I, I'd probably not, no, you're not. I mean, anything that's sodden is probably going to be a bit, mm. a bit cold. Um, but I like the fact that it's so breathable as well. I wouldn't wear it on a on a cold day. I think okay. not a thin thing anyway.
1: Yeah, do you wear backpacks often? No, of course I'm not. Sorry, I'm really <laughs> drilling down into you here, Nick. Like, yeah. I think maybe on like a normal day, if you weren't wearing a backpack and you're just flying loose, Marina's all right. Yeah, uh,
3: as unprepared as I am on the trail, it's never a backpack type of day. Right,
1: <laughs> good. <laughs> Luke, what's your next one?
2: So my one is uh, back to... Bike products. Mm-hmm. Big rotors, mm-hmm. sinter brake pads. Right, okay. This is a a, a layout I've made personally. Yeah, yeah, I've spent this on my bike already. So um, was going for an Enduro race out in the Alps and I didn't think my brakes would be up to it. So I brought some SRAM HS2 rotors. Great rotor. A bit thicker, a bit burlier, uh, sinter brake pads and just why not have stronger brakes? I don't think there's a downside to having stronger brakes. So yeah. that is... Uh, I'm all for that, you know. Just Great. Yeah. Bolt them on there. I don't think we can argue. No. I think um, I even
3: came into your top ten favorite things we like to see on test bikes. Did it? I think so.
1: There we go. You I remember myself better than I do. Oh. Brake pad materials. Always a bit complex. It was a bit you know, it's kinda of like tire compounds or tire like casings. It's always one of those things where you like you know that like Resin and organic and metallic and sintered and semi and
2: all race and all that, you know. It's a bit of a minefield sometimes. It is a big minefield, yeah. I still read the things and go, mm, I just stick to what I know. Right. Sintered. Sintered. Yeah. Because
1: um, they're always like, oh, these ones work well in the heat, but don't have loads of bite, but have lots of power, but wear quickly, but ruin your rotors, but don't ruin your rotors, but squeal. But, you know, it's,
2: Yeah. And one of my biggest pet hates is resin only rotors mm. or more modern. Moderately priced bikes. Yeah, I wish the brands made that upgrade that you could because come winter,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you can get away with resin pad in the summer when it's nice and dry and dusty, fine. But come winter, they're just apathetic rubbish. Yeah, organic pads in the wet in the slob, and a British winter here is a nightmare. Mm. And you've got to change them to sintered, and if you've got to upgrade your discs in as well. So yeah, wish brakes. I wish bikes just came with suitable discs and suitable pads straight from the off.
1: Straight up. No arguments here. All right, my next one. Despite throwing shade at you, Nick, they're on about your merino tops. <laughs> my next one is actually a merino top.
3: Oh, there you go. But
1: it's it's a bit different. It's the Rafa men's, or women's, I guess, or well, I'm just going to call it what it is, the trail wind block jersey. They do different versions for different genders. Why do I like it? Well, it's a wind-resistant merino mountain bike jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I, I ride without a pack wherever possible. So I feel it's fine to have a bit of marina on the back because it's just a bit of flappy material that, that whatever. But on the front, as the name suggests, is it's like wind-stopping material. So it's like if you're riding in like, I guess the Americans might call it shoulder season, which we would call spring and autumn, it sort of keeps that chilly air off your torso, which keeps you warm. But also there's enough ventilation that when you start riding and you're putting some effort in, you don't overheat. The sweat evaporates off the back of you because marina does its thing. And it's just a really nice, it's a really well-made, really well-cut jersey. I know like there's at times like a little bit of cynicism maybe about Rafa Kit, like, oh it's, you know, fashion it's overpriced and all that. In my experience, it's actually really bloody good.
2: I've got a few Rafa jerseys. I've got a couple of the short sleeve tech trail jerseys. Uh-huh. Love them. They're great. Yeah. And this jersey that you've got, that you're I've got that one as well. Stunning. Spot on. And then
1: it's its RRP is £110, which is fairly punchy for a for a riding jersey. You know, it's not a jacket or nothing like that. Currently fifty-five pounds, which puts it You know, it ain't cheap, but as, like, one of the best-performing jerseys, in my opinion, especially as we're coming up to autumn, I probably will be heading to Rafa.cc and purchasing
3: one myself. Another one. Another one. Because I
1: already have a couple.
3: So what's that front material like, is it?
1: It's not, like, crinkly. It's kind of like a... It's a thin, ripstoppy, windproofy... Material. It doesn't feel horrible on the skin. It's got a nice backing to it. It feels pretty good. On a similar note, Gore have um base layers uh, with Gore windstopper in the front panels and on the front of the arms as well. And that's a great, like, cooler season. So you could just put it underneath the normal riding jersey. You still look cool, um, but you've got a bit of windstopper on there. And I absolutely love those. I've got three or four of them because they're bloody brilliant. They do long sleeve and short sleeve ones.
2: There we are. Boom. Money well
1: spent. Money right. well spent. There we go. Nick
3: bonus round
1: bonus round well this is no this is the, this is the, the actual proper <coughs> round, because we're meant to be doing nine but the bonuses will come in a minute
3: oh uh, okay uh let me remind myself let me re- ah okay ah. <laughs> this one classic uh crank brother Stamp sevens wow okay a big fan flat yeah. pedal thunder flat pedal thunder i mean if i could have them on every bike i probably would okay. because they are my favorite riding pedal yeah i can't say i've i've tried them all but I've tried some Wolf tooth ones recently, mm-hmm. and I definitely say I'd be leaning back to go to the Crank Brothers again. Okay, and I've bought—I've already bought two pairs of them. Nice. Even what? though they're nice and serviceable. Yeah. What color? I've got blue, uh, like lightning blue on black, mm-hmm. and I've got some silver ones as well, nice. which I think silver pedals. I'm all over that. Yeah, it looks good, doesn't it? Yeah. You can't go wrong. You can have as many rock strikes as you like, mm-hmm. and you still look cool. Still silver. Yeah. I think black pedals are a, a big no-no though. Okay. To this day, but really, I think th- th- they look good. Out of the box, right, and then yeah. yeah, but then it's battle scars. It's battle scars, yeah. But come on, they look bad. Okay, like, you could say you, you, your race levers got battle scars, couldn't you? But it still looks terrible. <laughs> very true.
1: Very true. Is it the shape of it, the 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 concaveness of it? Yeah, the, the concave.
3: Um, I, I do have to say, I make an adjustment. So I think the outside pins, you have to go for the slightly stick, like the slightly higher up ones. Okay. Um, but other than that, You're I'm so planted dope. then. I know. What can I say? Um, I've been using them with some stamp shoes recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been using that that sort of match technology. Could i to be honest. The match technology. I know. Not really noticed much of a difference. I find okay. it works better with some other shoes that I use. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, there you go. All
2: right. Are you flat pedals through and through? Or I you am.
3: Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm aiming to try on my long term to get back into clips. But I used to be a clip boy Mm -hmm. i couldn't do a bunny hop for a long time Mm -hmm. you know i was a late bloomer on that regard right um but yeah no i really enjoy it i've been doing it for a bit and like i think for steep and tech stuff it wins wins a day
2: all right luke so this one is a bit pricey but i think it would be worth it and i think i would go out and buy it Mm -hmm. the O Chain active spider
1: okay Let's talk us through what is the O chain active spider. So the
2: O chain active spider is a small device that sits between the crank and your chainring. Okay, and it allows your chainring to rotate backwards uh, a set amount of degrees—six, mm-hmm. uh, nine, or twelve—I think—is the common ones for on like the non downhill series version of this. And that, in theory, they say like minimises pedal kickback. Okay. Potentially, it does, but I, I don't think that's where it works best. Mm-hmm. I noticed this it works really well at minimizing like vibrations. So, obviously, there's plenty of chain slap on a bike, we all hear it, you know. I mean, and brands go out their way to try and minimize chain slap as much as possible. Um, but it's still there. And I think this like small rotation backwards, like when the chain's bouncing around, it just takes that whole vibration out from the cranks, mm-hmm. and your feet just feel super planted, super stable, and it gives you just a really nice platform to stand on. Okay. And uh, and yeah, and I I've, I've had it on my bike last year and I and not have it on this one at the minute. It's uh, I've got a SRAM one, and I've got Shimano cranks at the minute, so it's not compatible. Okay, but this is a, a product I do miss, and uh, yeah, I would, if I had to go out and buy it, I would, I would go and spend yeah, that. Yeah. It's it's like the, there's a new one. It's I think it's three hundred and ninety pounds. I think the older one, the original model, is a bit cheaper. Okay,
1: um, so yeah, hundred and ninety pounds.
2: hundred and ninety pounds. Three hundred and ninety pounds. <laughs> so it's a no small investment, it's not, is it? But um. But hopefully it should last a while. Yeah. And uh, as long as you keep the same pair of cranks, you can just transfer it from bike to bike to bike. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think if you're – I don't think it's worth it for a trail bike. Mm-hmm. I think if you are do mostly enduro riding, enduro racing, downhilling, I think it's, yeah, a, a real smart product.
3: Okay. Is there a claim to more efficient suspension with it?
2: Yes, in theory. I think I can't remember all the details. I reviewed it a long time ago, but I can't remember all the press pack, what claims they have in it. Yeah. I think their big one, again, is is like they say, it reduces pedal kickback because in theory, the, as the chainring rotates backwards, it's effectively giving the chain more length. as it, uh, I guess it disconnects it from the grungs. Yeah, as your know, suspension compresses through its cycle. But again, I think it just minimizes vibrations. Like for me, it was really good. I noticed it on steep trails where you're braking lots I think mm. it helps the suspension work better under hard braking and steep trails. I don't think if you like brakes open just rattling through a rough section of trail, there's a significant difference back to back on like suspension performance. But you will feel it in just how calm your feet are and the like reduction in vibration through your mm-hmm. feet. And that's a really nice thing to have. Nice. They All seem right. popular.
1: Yeah. All right. I'll do my final one. But yeah. what am I going to do? I'm going to do two. Well,
3: a God, go for one. it, Tom.
1: So... Two bits of sort of back to the clothing side of things. I'm a man who likes my clothing. The Liat MTB 4.0 bibs, priced at 89.99 in the UK. So just a pair of bib shorts, nothing particularly special. Uh, got a nice gripper, a nice length. They're kind of like quite meshy, so they're not like too warm. They've got little pockets on the back. The pockets on the back aren't the best pockets I've ever used on a on a storage bib short thing, but they're alright. But what I really like, I'm gonna choose my words carefully. They have a pouch for your meat and two veg. And uh it just really improves comfort down there on a long day out on the bike because you're not restricted. It feels a little bit weird at first, especially if you're jumping from bib to bib to bib. But yeah, they just sort of like cup things nicely. And uh they've got a little fly in there. So if you want to stop for a, a little comfort break, you can whip things out nice and easily. Uh And it's just like a much easier process. Yeah. Um And they're really comfy. I just really, really like them. I, I tested a set. Reviewed them uh, and then got back in touch uh, with the Distribute in the UK hotlines and asked to buy a pair because they're bloody great.
2: Everyone wants comfy bib. That is uh, it's on the list of things yeah. that there's never enough of chamois in the world or never yeah. enough chamois in my drawer. I'm so. not
1: going to say like the bib itself is the best thing ever. Like, the bib's great. It's fine. It kind of does what everything does. It is just, it's the pouch that sets it apart. I think, uh, was it Asos did something? Was it
3: Assos did is it something like a, is it a relief hole or is it a relief zip?
1: Uh, it's a hole, okay. But kind of like a a layered hole, so it's not like just it's not, not going to gape yeah. open. Like a little, it's a, yeah, it's a little pouch. Yeah, a little little fold to yeah, a little cut itself out. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's great. Uh, and the other item that I'll very quickly mention, just because I have finished reviewing it recently, it's the first product I've given five stars to in probably the best part of eight or nine years, because I don't give five stars out. Uh, But the Madison Crypto sunglasses, they're about 50, 60 quid. Oh, they're amazing. They're
3: bloody great. They're sick. I still use them.
1: Uh, Yeah. Three lenses, hard carry case, little cleaning wipe thing. They've got a big size lens, so you get plenty of eye protection. There's like a mirrored lens, which cuts out loads of light, which is great on the road or great on like open mountain bike rides. They've got a... Uh, an intermediate lens, which is kind of orangey, which still cuts out light so you're not squinting, but sort of boosts everything a little bit. Good in low light, but also I've I've used it in, in sunlight and also really good in the woods. And the clear lens, which is a clear lens. Uh, and they're really great. They've got like arms that have like quite a defined hook at the end, unlike most glasses, which have got quite straight arms. And they're just super secure on your face. Loads of adjustment in the nose piece. Really solid arms. Really sort of like nicely built and like 60 quid.
2: Just great. Bug. It's good for a, for a pair of glasses, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, and again, I would absolutely spend. I know quite a few people sort of in the, in the industry and who are just mates who have spent their money on the crypto. Yeah. And I would thoroughly recommend it.
2: I've got to say. I've done the same. Yeah. 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 I bought some for the road bike, to be honest. There we go. Yeah. Uh, there's probably three men in the tribe who have got a pair.
3: The tribe. The tribe. That's your, just your group of mates. Yeah. Should we should be getting a. Uh... An Enduro race starting soon, though. Ooh. We've had discussions with landowners. Right. Yeah, it'd be exciting. Keep your ears
1: peeled. <laughs> um, have you guys got any extras we want to chuck on top?
2: Um, yeah, I've got one that Go on. is uh, products I've bought. Inserts. Tire, tire inserts. inserts. I'm a big insert. You're a fan, aren't you? I'm a big fan of tire inserts. And I've been out and i bought my own Rimpack Pro inserts. Mm-hmm. And I would do it again. Yeah. Once they get beaten up and destroyed. Yeah. Um, I'm all about tire inserts. Nice. Don't I... Wouldn't want to run without them. Cool. So uh, for personal bikes, then yeah, happily go out and spend 85 bucks on a pair of tyre sets. Just right. haven't damaged a rim, never dented one, never had a puncture in the last four years I've been using them. Like... Bish bash bosh. Don't, yeah, don't understand why you wouldn't.
1: Nice. My last one, an unlimited supply of street waffles. There you go. I just think street waffles are like the ultimate riding food. They're kind of like slightly solid. They've got lots of sugar in them. They're tasty as anything. And if you get a little coffee afterwards, you feel real sophisticated. I yeah, don't know. Check it they out. get
3: warm though. They start splitting, don't they? Have no, to get
1: sliding. warm. They get softer and are even better. Oh, yeah. oh, I love mm. them. They are good. They are good. Oh, I love a street waffle. Not that expensive from your local Aldi or Lidl. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah. very expensive if you buy them from. Um, uh, Schiphol in, in Holland which I did I bought three boxes for about 50 euros it felt it was an absolute rip off but <laughs> they but were tasty
3: they're more expensive about that front counter and Starbucks though uh, they are Yeah, you again, do, that,
2: but you do need to melt them a little bit you know on their own when they're cold you got to dunk them in a coffee Ooh, or you've got to melt them a little bit yeah. I mean ideally I don't mind a good like tug on a stroopwafel you just like pulling your fillings out
3: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah there we go alright guys thanks ever so much those were it was meant to be nine but it turned out being about 12 things that we would spend or have spent our own money on. Um, so hopefully there's some top tips in there. If you've got any of your own, obviously, you know, yeah, if you've got any products that you would really recommend, why don't you drop us a line? Uh, our email address is podcast at Um Thanks ever so much for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share and all that sort of jazz. Thanks ever so much, Nick. And thank you very much, Luke are oh, you welcome tom thank you yeah, thank you tom we'll be back very soon with another bike radar podcast thanks for listening to the bike radar podcast if you've not done so already please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode